2: Hello and welcome to the 339th episode of the Soul Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hello, this is Matt in Minneapolis.
1: Uh, Hello, Matt. This is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. Good to meet you, Tim. Nice to meet you as well. Um, That's right. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. Uh, I am here for uh, the... Slow Ride podcast, the Slow Ride, is this the right room? Yep, you're in
2: the right it spot. It is. Yes, you you are located in the correct space. Yeah, a lot of corners, yeah. right? It's a, a weird-shaped room. A
1: lot of corners, but I, I do like the green uh, wallpaper and carpets in here. It's um, not tacky.
2: No. Whoa, watch out there, Spencer. You, you almost just got elbowed into the wall by uh, Nasir <laughs> Buhani out of, just doing all he can to just squeeze on into the top uh, at the top of the slow ride podcast episode 339 forgot about that guy S- yeah cycling's favorite boxer well, love him
1: he was throwing the hands uh today i would say and um in in a proper uh gen z millennial response um our new favorite rider from fdj was straight away onto the Twitter talking smack, <laughs> yeah. which I very yeah, much no, appreciate. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: I I got to admit, I didn't even know it was a race today. Well, I'm sorry. I did because I logged into GCN to watch Ghent, and the only thing I could watch was uh, the 43rd Cholet Paillé de L'Or in uh, France. France. Pretty sure I nailed that. Viviani takes the win.
0: First time in a long time.
2: It, yeah. And Copas, uh, new, new, new friend of the pod, Jake Stewart. Uh, just crushing it on Twitter taking Buhani <laughs> there to yeah. the end the way Buhani took him to the the barriers cool I guess that's all we're gonna talk about Buhani on this episode <laughs> of this podcast
0: yeah let's talk about the big races we're, we're really let's talk about the big races some really big races okay. underneath this okay we're, we're teeny dinky
2: okay we're burying really big races but can we get to the most important thing for the week you guys are I went over this in the green room and I don't know how else to say but the robot podium presentations at E3. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. I
2: mean, talk about the swerve that the E3 organizers, because normally E3 yeah. is the most misogynistic race of them all, and we really don't like discussing it because mm. of the podium presentations, but more specifically, all of the um, the posters, posters and the, the graphics work.
1: The artwork over the years do. has been, <laughs> left something to be desired. It's no Trobo Leone. Let's just put it that way.
2: Yeah, it, it is not, but this year they did have a robot podium. podium
1: kind of cool.
0: I got to say, after seeing the robot, I really liked it at the podium. I'm a little disappointed it wasn't on the posters. Yeah. I just feel like if they would have maybe kept their same poster theme but just put robots in instead,
2: maybe. Do we so, know what was on the posters this year? I
0: I looked at their website earlier mm. this week. Doing a little research about it, I could not find any posters. I also didn't find anything sexist, so I was I was pleased. I have it, to say,
1: it was an well, old turned a corner. It was an old yeah. couple watching the uh, race from their living room. Uh, yeah, they're all about the am, living room stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm told that it was a, an encouragement to get people to stay home. Uh, yeah. I don't know the translation of the poster, but some native speakers were alluding to that. It was not off color, but not straight. <laughs> laced exactly either so
0: i'm not surprised about that i wish they they should just do like kind of like a white album gray album kind of thing just nothing on the website nothing anywhere just (laughs) e3 just the date nothing Uh because it's a great race like the course is great it's a great field it's a really great length at only 200k so it's a little snappier than a it's a mini Mm -hmm. flanders they just need to shut up and just do the race so
1: well yeah and that the race is great, and the action's exciting and all of that, and they got a robot, first robot podium I know about, yeah. probably not the last. Uh, I got to imagine all the other races are clambering over to Radio Shack to get robots um, for their <laughs> podiums. freaking
0: out right now. Flanders freaking is like, out. If you, if well, we might. obviously have to but have two robots. We're Flanders.
1: Yeah,
2: It kind of looked like the robot from the Nintendo um, system. I don't know if you guys remember the Nintendo robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The
1: the biggest improvement, though, I thought to this race that came out of nowhere for me, I mean, maybe second to the robot because that also came out of nowhere, but was the finish barriers. They were just immaculate. They were everything that you would want a finish straight to be. They were professional. They looked great. They looked super safe. There were no sharp edges anywhere to rip off wouts, kneecap, or destroy petty. anyone's face. Yeah, yeah. They had like plastic sheathing all around the edges. It was it looked incredible. It,
2: it did look great.
0: We need to take half the E3 organizers and half like all the general other oh. organizers and meld them into one race. Like they, it's amazing how much they can get right, and then how much they can mess up sometimes. You know, Uh, so
1: they need to stop farming out the marketing to Belgian uh, advertising agencies, I think, is what it comes down to.
0: Yeah. To like three guys in the pub down the way, basically every year. Yeah. So
2: the race was won by Casper Askren. Um, You may remember him from getting uh, uh, first place in a stage at the Tour of California in 2019. Um, (laughs) No, that's actually not
0: why (laughs) I remember him.
2: (laughs) For Dusenic Quickstep and then Florian Senicel. Get second mm-hmm. with Matthew Vanderpool in third. The question is, is Zednik Nick fired because he got fifth? Plus, <laughs> Quickstep did not go with a one, two, three. Um, yeah, he's But fired. impressive tactical display by Quickstep, showing you how there's a good chance they're going to win Flanders. Um, just the dominating uh, performance uh, heading into Ghent, um, where obviously Quickstep won. Uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, um.
0: <laughs> it was a master but, class for sure of quick okay. step there. The 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 so they isolated, right? The Wout and Vanderpool, which is what mm-hmm. they've been saying they were gonna do, and they had more riders. The only other team with numbers was AG two R, and I gotta say I am disappointed <laughs> in Nason and, and G V A. And I know they, they sort of said afterwards, like, What are you gonna do, man? You gotta play your cards, but uh, they, one of them's got to bury themselves, you know, like like <laughs> Nason got fourth in that sprint, like GVA should have yeah. gone all in. I just I am disappointed that they did not take more turns. I know it's hard at the end of the race, but like you got two big guns up there thr- you think put uh, it on the you, line, man.
1: You think they didn't know who was faster between them? Like they hadn't done I enough think, town line yeah. sprints uh, in their team training camp. Which is crazy because
0: they've been friends for years supposedly and like training buddies even when they weren't teammates. They should know at that point they should be able to look at each other and know like, GVA, you're working for me today. Like,
1: Yeah.
2: So GVA should have other thing that's, down. Bugs me. The other thing that stuck out to me on E3 was the fact that um, Slow Ride Podcast Championship belt holder Michael Gogol mm-hmm. um, finished in 32nd place, which I guess is – 16th place to the second power or something like that. I don't know know how math works. But, um, yeah, it's kind of gone downhill. Uh, (laughs) This month-long rain here. Do not finish. uh, Did not finish in Ghent today. Uh, Mm. Didn't even finish Torito Adriatico. 76, (laughs) at Milan San Remo.
0: I have a nomination uh, 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 since we're always outsiding in here. One person who really... Uh, It was impressive to me this last week. Johnny Vermeersch, little Johnny Vermeersch of not quite ever on the podium in cyclocross fame,
1: Uh ninth in
0: E3, 10th at Ghent, showing that even the cross racers that nobody knows about, like if people are just finally figuring out about Wout and Vanderpool, like in these last few years, and finally accepting the cross crossover, that Johnny Vermeersch is becoming a super solid classics rider. Two top tens
1: yeah, in, yeah, within a yeah. week. Top tens do not a championship belt make, but I do. I, I, think, I know, but you got to get on to something. Some I love. like it. Okay, you,
2: you say small. How tall are you? I am. I
0: am five nine on my driver's license. I'm five. Wow. So no he
2: life. is because he's five <laughs> six. Yeah, he's wait, small. Wait, 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 wait. Stop. I've seen him. You you, you added an inch to your driver's license.
0: You know, I think I was like (laughs) five, eight in, uh, I was five, eight in like uh, Uh eighth grade. Uh Mm -hmm. And at one point I think I just thought, you know, I'm going to keep growing. And I just assumed I'd become five, nine. And then only later when I'd go back and they'd check me, they'd be five, eight. I'm like, Oh, I guess I didn't keep growing.
2: I thought I did. (laughs) Okay. Um. Thanks for the sidebar. Um, so Johnny Vemirish. Okay, cool. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, Maybe not a cool. belt. Tip of the
1: cap.
0: He gets the slow ride tip, tip of, the of the cap. cap. Yeah, that's for, good. To the cap. I like that. Impressive like performance.
2: That. Right. That's good.
1: You know, the one other thing that uh, about this race, about E3, that I thought was spectacular was the quote from Matthew Vanderpoel after the race about Wout. Did you guys hear yes. this one?
2: Yes. yes. Now, I I saw some Twitter memes about it.
1: Yeah, as well you should because this this drives a quit? a stake a stake straight through our our media narrative of Wout versus Matthew Vanderpoel all the time and like they mu- like who won between them and this rivalry and whatever Vanderpol gets third at e three and he's like yeah I, I needed Wout there I can't do it without him
0: <laughs> couldn't bring back the move without it. he needed the power man. Wow, so well, they
1: they are like they're not each other's kryptonites. They they're the yeah. opposite. Yeah, yeah. At
0: at times, though, the counterpoint would be today after, you or is know, this we a got to it yet. After Walt won Ghent and some reporter asked him, "Hey, was this like a little get back at the fact that you got dropped at E three? Little you know, little getting back at Matthew Vanderpol." Even though he didn't show up, and and Wout said something of the line of like, well, I'm, that's the only reason I won. You know, I'm really glad he stayed home today. You know, tongue in cheek. So, you know, I
2: wow. don't know if they always need each other. Budding bromance, love it. Can't wait for the. Um... I don't know if
0: it's budding. I think those. <laughs> I I I mean, are they married? Are they just like? Do they have? Do they? They just have partners. They're I would again. assume they're going to be at each other's weddings. Like, how could you not? Yeah. Like, yeah. you spend as much time with them as
2: you, you do with your partner. <laughs> right? They're like, at least six hours a day for both week, you know, over the yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no matter when they race. Uh, yeah, so um, the other uh, early weekend race, before we get into the Volta Catalonia, because uh, I know you want to talk about that little guy, is arguably my favorite named race. Um, used okay. to be Three Days to Pain, um, yeah. and now it's just Oxy Clean Classic. Um, I love that. I just, I just, you know, go full brand name on it. Um, the OxyClean classic won by Sam Bennett over Jasper Philipson and Pascal Ackerman. And then on the women's side, why I love it even more because there's two races, both a men's and a women's on the same day. Grace Brown of team bike exchange. <laughs> that team's still around beats Emma Norsgaard yes. and Yolene D'Or of SD works. Um, pretty cool to see. Both those races? Did you guys watch either of these sprinter um, races?
0: I unfortunately did for some weird reason. I found them both. <laughs> extremely did you just want to watch?
2: You wanted to watch the flattest race on the world I tour just, calendar?
0: Look, I just wanted to watch racing. The real thing was that I was excited about E3 in Ghent, and what it was Wednesday, and I E3 wasn't until Friday. I needed some Belgian racing. I thought this will at least have a couple hills. I tuned in. I didn't see any hills. I eventually pulled up the profile while watching it. I was like, what? There's no hills. Really? Nothing? I kept (laughs) waiting for a berg to come. Nothing. I find those races kind of boring. But, I mean, it's still racing. It still is all right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
2: Well, it looked really boring to me. That's why I didn't watch it. Um, But, little guy, I know you (laughs) spent a... A ton of time trying to figure out who the Ineos GC leader is. So, of course, you tuned into every single stage of the seven stage mm-hmm. Volta Catalunya. Oh, yeah. Uh, I watched. What did you learn?
0: I learned nothing. Uh, Yates <laughs> won, Port got second, <laughs> G got third, and Carapaz is somewhere farther back working for them, which I guess means that it's a reverso because Carapaz should be their tour leader, G should be second, Port should be third, and Yates should be their fourth string option. They're really making it tough over there. And where's Gegenhart? I don't he's at home, he's still got a concussion. I mean, they need riders to get hurt, unfortunately. I mean that's not <laughs> not a great thing to say, but it's easy at this race, right? You can see. Did say, you say okay.
2: Carapaz too?
0: Yeah, I mean Carapaz was oh was domestic. it was his first race of the year. But still that top three is crazy. How are they gonna how are they
1: gonna make decisions?
0: It's I don't know. But what I, I mean, that's a great problem to have. I mean, they've is, got riders to, to burn. So,
1: we've seen the, the Mape sweep, you know, in the past, in the classics, and in in the Ardennes, and things like that, but is this the first sweep by a team of a stage race?
0: Probably not, but I don't have the Joe Buck on the ground fact team to
1: get
2: oh, that. disgusting act. <laughs> Whenever uh, someone <laughs> says Joe Buck. Sorry. <laughs>
0: I don't know, um, but... It's it's rare for sure.
1: I I think it might be. I mean, unless it happened in like the forties or something weird. But
2: yeah, were you guys on the edge of your seat just seeing how um, Mark Hershey was going to do? Because apparently he came out of hiding to enter this race. He did get seventh yes. on the last day. He so himself a little bit. So the rumors of his demise were greatly exaggerated, despite his team, his old team, completely throwing him under the bus. Yeah, you know with their um, very opaque references to um, sporting legitimacy, I guess. Like, I don't know. It was the weirdest situation. And then he's now on UAE and then he shows up to race. So good on him. Mm-hmm. He's back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won Flesh Will last year. So one would imagine that now he's got seven days of racing in his legs. So he's off to, um, you know, the Ardennes Classics when they start up, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I'm a little confused on how this calendar is going to work.
0: He's only um, yeah he's, it, he's only got a couple of weeks to really hit top form so yeah I, I believe
1: in him. If anybody can do it, it's kisses. But for yeah. Catalonia, you guys, what I want to know, I want to take a quick informal poll here. What was the most surprising result for you? In your opinion, was it the Ineos podium sweep of the final? Was it Valverde and fourth uh, on the final GC or? Was it Peter Sagan winning a stage?
2: <laughs> the Sagan winning a stage definitely uh, threw me for a loop. I had to press <laughs> F5 again on my computer just to make yeah. sure that pro cycling stats didn't mess up. Um, so, yeah, that, that'd that be pretty good. Well, I mean, I guess we could do Valverde this two ways. So, okay, so you're Valverde fourth. Spencer, how about you?
1: I think, I think I was most pleasantly surprised by Sagan being back on form because I didn't really ever think he was gone. But it's nice to see him not be fourth, you know?
2: Yeah. yeah. Now that's a, a solid shout. Um, well. okay, <laughs> is the least surprising thing that Thomas De DeGent won a stage from a break? <laughs> it
0: is. Definitely. The, the best part of that is that he beat Morik by attacking uphill before the descent. And Morik is the old, you know, supposedly the, like, not the inventor, but the guy who popularized the Super Tuck. And this would have been more. Ex- oh. I'm assuming last opportunity to use said Super tuck to attack on a descent and win. And DeGent got rid of him before he could <laughs> deploy the Super Tuck. And now that's it. He can't ever use his Super tuck ever again. Uh. That's got to hurt. So it's like he lost his superpower. So,
2: Little guy, um, how do you tell the difference between uh, Thomas DeGent and Tim Wellens? One of them has a beard. Which That's one? it. That's,
0: <laughs> uh, Thomas de Ghent.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Just curious. Um, Thomas de Ghent yeah, wins I- more. <laughs> <laughs> I like Wells, but I mean it's true. So Sog Sagan won, and it did. Th- so last week when they said Sagan wasn't going to do E3 and Ghent and stuff, I thought, I yeah. don't know, is that really going to get him ready for Flanders, and. Of course, we, we didn't mention yet. Bora missed E3 and Ghent because of COVID positives. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, and then Trek missed for Ghent. We'll talk about that. But now Sagan, of course, has been in a totally different bubble. So even if they have to send a total B team of Bora riders because they can't get the other ones out of quarantine, like the actual classics are out of quarantine, Sagan. Will make it to Flanders, it seems, unless he tests positive <laughs> from somewhere else. But like, yeah. is it just going to be
2: him and like Gerge? <laughs> Like Yeah, cool. I know. I think Gerge have is in that.
0: Yeah, but like, I mean, if he had gone and done E three in all these other races just to get the he'd form, be in up, that even bubble. Yeah. he'd be in that bubble, and then we might miss Sagan f- for that reason, which would have been crazy considering it seemed like we just were going to miss him um, from not having form. So.
2: That's a, that's a solid shout. How about this question? How nervous should the wanty team be about Louis Menti's not even finishing Votoa uh, <laughs> Catalonia? Is that like the end of his podium hopes for the Tour de France? <laughs>
1: um, Tim, you're <he's> the <laughs> only one I think
2: that
1: <laughs> truly believes. I, th- I think, hopes. yeah, this might be the final nail in the coffin. Um, <laughs> this
2: is the one that's uh, going to send it
0: over? Yeah, I wish him the best, yeah. I mean, but... Uh... It's been a long time. Since yeah, we've seen yeah. it.
1: Well he yeah. had he had one good year yeah. and, and six or seven good years of milk in that one good year. And I hope he yeah. got a couple of good contracts out of it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's roll right into the biggest race of the uh, weekend. Um, and of course that would be the uh, women's Ghent, where Marianne Voss is back taking mm. the victory over yeah. Lottie Kopecki and Lisa Brunauer in a sprint. Pretty awesome to see uh, getting the first victory of the day for the Jumbo Visma team. Um, Shout out to Kristen Faulkner of Team TIBCO American in 7th place and Lauren Stevens of TIBCO in 10th place. I love the TIBCO team. They've been around for a really long time, dating all the way back to 2010, Nature Valley Grand Prix, 2008 timeline. Earlier. I mean five uh, i don't know yeah a long time i was absolutely thrilled when i saw tip tipco on there and i was like oh sweet that is awesome so voss taking the win very yeah. uh huge win this race um, was
1: uh pretty exciting i don't know if you guys saw it but uh there's a little two two women break that made it to a, i would say like 50 meters 75 meters to the line they got swallowed close. up yeah. yeah it was a uh, your seat kind of stuff it was it was pretty awesome
0: yeah it was good that was a really good finish also i don't know if you my coverage gave me the wrong kilometers so i had the women's race on and i was like doing stuff to get ready um, to leave the house so i i went upstairs to get something came back down it said 1.5k to go and i was like oh my god they've got they got 10 seconds they're they're gonna make this i think and then they come off the motorway because they had to reroute because of the plastics factory on fire or whatever mm, and right, then, right, right. then it then they go under the 3k banner right as my my ticker says like 1.5k and i was like what what's going on um they got <laughs> um, me super the... <laughs> excited so i, okay, I gathered um... the family around twice for the finish <laughs> i said come on in come on in 1.5k to go
2: <laughs> and, I and then tom got... Boonin, tom Boonin's like toys and then this runs away no he stays um, to watch he's now little to watch. guy you kind of just threw that one out there but plastics factory on fire i think it was some sort of recycling
0: facility was on fire so they had to reroute the last five five ten k i don't remember how much they had to reroute Good. the same finishing straight but they had to reroute the end of both
2: wow races not only al- <laughs> wow really helping the environment environmental causes there yeah. in uh, belgium with a uh, recycling plant on fire let alone the amazing use of carbon um, with all of the team cars, um, for, for pro racing, why we even, uh, support who knows. So the women's side, um, pretty exciting. And then that leads into the double up for jumbo Visma with Wout van arts dominating sprint, I guess, yes. over Nizolo and Matteo yeah. Trenton. Um, shout out once again to Quebeca Assos, uh, I, th- I think that they are the official adopted team of the slow ride podcast at this point, because they are the most money ball of them all um, oh, yeah. with Nizolo who probably eats up a half of their budget um, <laughs> taking a solid second place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bling Matthews in, on the wide angle podium in fifth place. Yeah. Um, and then uh, a G2R Oliver Nasson in slow Ride podcast, 16th territory. So while Van art takes the victory, Gentlemen, should his victory have an asterisk next to it?
1: Because no. Vanderpool wasn't there.
2: Yeah. Well. Uh, one, Vanderpool wasn't there. Two, <laughs> okay. Mads Peterson was not there with Trek, and yeah. three, Bora Hansgro wasn't there with I don't know uh, Sagan. Sagan um, uh-huh. yeah. and uh-huh. yeah. um, the Snack Man. I, I don't so, know who uh, else. Uh, they would
0: have uh, been there with there. Nils Paulett. Uh, well, not
2: you. not because
0: of. Vanderpool because he chose not to come, so that's his own fault. Not because of Mads, because if Mads had brought the form that he was showing at E3 a couple days before, he was not going to be in that front group. Like He got dropped hard at E3, so I say no.
1: I would say um, the only reason I might put an asterisk on it is, and I wouldn't, but the only reason I might is because Nazzolo definitely should have won this race. He, he was way had, out of position. He had yeah. the legs, He even had the position, but at 1.7K, I believe it is, on the video, he just swings out from fourth wheel um, to, like, do the the sprinter survey of the line, like, look at the group, you know, and drift back to the back. And then he gets on the back, and then he's out of position for the final. Like, he tried to be too cool and kind of screwed himself, because if he'd have just stayed in that line, I think he would have handily won that sprint.
0: Yeah, he had a lot of speed, but yeah, he had to really. If you watch that helicopter shot, he really had to zigzag his way through, yeah, a fa- yeah. a fading Michael Matthews.
2: But <laughs> uh, he, you know, oh yeah, that was it. Was a little depressing that Michael Matthews uh, didn't take oh, the victory. Watching there. him,
0: watching him in the last ten k or so, swing to the back of the group and shake the legs and and punch the cramps. You know, like do the whole like yeah. trying to give yourself yeah. the self massage was like, oh no, man, we're not having pizza.
2: Tonight. We have arguably the world's worst greatest bit for when michael matthews wins a race um so just everyone just hope don't hope that michael matthews wins a stage (laughs) because a race because it's going to be amazing overall i think ghent is a good race it is obviously all about the lead up to (laughs) easter sunday for uh flanders uh the biggest race in professional one-day racing
0: and dwarves coming up on Wednesday. Dwarves is a very exciting race. It's another teeny mm-hmm. one, but these I think these little in between ones sometimes are more exciting. So
2: yeah, I know, a little guy. Just the way that you think that the little in between ones in Italy in September are also the best races on the they calendar. Are. I agree, you, and I appreciate all of this, little guy. Thank you. Got you. The,
0: you got the second tier guys out there throwing caution to the wind. Dwarves, dwarves That's right. Dwarves Vlandrin, dwarves de Vlandrin on Wednesday. One hundred eighty four k. That is a that is a great attacky tacky length. I mean, that is short for one of these, these Belgian races. That's going to be fun. That's
2: all I'm saying. It should be good. When is Trobro Leon? That's uh, got to be coming up too. That's still usually. Yeah, is April, it? Okay. Sometime, right. yeah. April. So it needs, well, to I mean, I overall, uh, Ghent, so did you guys watch Ghent live? I'm assuming it was on flow sports. Cause I watched the highlights.
0: Yeah, it was on flow. I did. Okay. Watch. I watched them both. Yeah. Uh,
2: on a scale of 1 to 10 little guy using the little guy approved rating system where do you put this one
0: um i would put it i don't know uh the problem is i only because of the time change and and the way the coverage was when i turned it on i only got 40 50k and so the break was already out you know it wasn't like e3 e3 i got 120k and it was one of the <laughs> best f- no, E three, E three.
2: Oh no, not E three. Sorry, sorry. I was sick. No, E three was a,
0: like really long was the was the longest amount of coverage I think I'd gotten in one of these races where I'd got up early enough and they had enough early coverage. But also there was moves going. I mean E three at like sixty some K out, quick step blew the race apart. Yeah. I'd give E three yep. like a an eight and a half. I'd give this one I don't know, man. Bennett threw up on camera, <laughs> so I'd that give it incredible. at least a six. Yeah, like six and a half because for the effort you know yeah yeah
2: all right cool yeah you it gotta good. respect are you? that the highlights were. oh good. yeah you I, got no. i can't rank it oh
1: okay. a- anybody that can go deep enough in a race to cause themselves to vomit like that's impressive anybody yeah. that can do that and then keep racing <laughs> yeah that's that's another level that that's why the pros get paid the big bucks you know
0: see if we want more cross-country skiers to get into cycling we just need to show them that clip and they'll be like oh
2: yeah (laughs) this is what we're about this is what we're about is going so hard that you feel so terrible (laughs) that's good but until cross-country skiers are not gonna come over to cycling until they can cross the finish line and then just lie their bike down and lie on the ground for a good like you know Ten fifteen minutes away.
0: Show them any Matthew Matthew Vanderpool finish. He finishes, he flops yeah, on the ground yeah, like he's true. dead for ten yeah. minutes. <laughs> pretty <laughs> amazing. That, that, you show them so, that clip, you show them the throw up clip, boom. They're they're fans. Do
2: you hear that? Oh. Do you do you oh. hear that? Oh. oh. What that? oh, that's oh that that's a phone call coming from the fifth place spot of the podium. Michael Matthews still standing <laughs> on it. Um oh. looking pretty good from Ghent today. <laughs> so close.
1: Did let's we, uh, go. Let's did let's we see tell how him we we're going to pick him up? Was that our day to pick him up?
2: Yeah, oh yeah. man! Yeah, <laughs> it's our day to pick him up at school. Um, yeah, let's check in with uh, Michael Matthews for this week's pre. His
1: <laughs> name is Matthew Vanderpool, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast.
2: All right, guys, here we are in the preem lap. And you know the story. We love telling it to you. But if you want the best chamois cream in the business, head over to Buckler Skincare for the one and only Miracle Wap Chamois Cream. I use it. Actually, just had to order another batch, the biggest tub imaginable, eight ounces. Check it out, bucklerskincare.com. I love it. It's the best. You need chamois cream, use it.
1: Eight ounces. Tim, I, I thought you had the hookup. I thought you could get the five gallon, uh, you know, super bucket.
2: It comes with its own, uh, uh, like well, yeah, its own um, syringe you, for application. Uh,
1: <laughs> Something like a broom, you know. <laughs> just, you just pop the top off, a, and you just sort of this is a
2: dustpan and brush. Yeah, <laughs> go to work. Oh, well, love it.
1: You could check Buckler Skincare for that. Maybe send them some emails. See Phil. Uh, do yeah. that one for you.
2: But. And the other thing that you want to do is you want to head over to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to find out about the two great coffee blends that we have made for the Wide Angle Podium Network. All proceeds come to the network to keep this podcast, website, and hosting all in the air for you. So head over to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee. And while you're there, you can also check out the other family of shows by clicking on the shows tab. At wideanglepodium.com, and you can see the likes of Nowhere Fast, who continue to put out tons of great content about Zwift racing and other forms of online trainer based racing, and our good friend Bill at Cyclocross Radio, and Rob over at Criterium Nation. Where I don't know if you guys noticed, Criteriums are back, people are back to racing. Including uh, Florida's own uh, best buddies racing, Michael Hernandez and Travis McCabe, who moved to Orlando, are mm-hmm. down in Panama slaying it at a the Panama Cycling Classic in Panama City. Um, looking good. There's racing um, if you're into that sort of thing, and uh, they still have uh, you know uh, masks on the podium, so everything's cool.
1: I criterium nation is such a good show. Yeah, I'm so excited for racing in America to really get back to yeah. full, like firing on all cylinders because Criterium Racing is it's the best it's the best export that we have as far as bike racing is, is concerned. You could say you could make an argument for Lance or Greg Lamond or whoever, but I think Criterium Racing that style of racing defines American racing nowadays more than anything else and Rob is really been on top of it, especially like amazingly during uh, 2020 and the, the shortened and non-existent racing calendar. He's put out such good content and high quality, like the opposite of this show, like 180 <laughs> degrees different from yeah. this show. That's what his show is. It's good. It's like if you enjoy NPR, if you enjoy well-reported cycling news, check out Criterium Nation. It's going to surprise you if you haven't checked it out.
2: Absolutely, yeah. and one of uh, the little guy was also on there with uh, Bodenheimer from uh, the Media Pit at oh, Cross Radio.
1: Never mind, I take um, back everything I just yeah. said. Take yeah, it
2: t- off, t- take that. I really spoiled the show. I gotta say. Yeah, well, guys, it was great. It was fun. I think we should go back to the show. We got some listener emails.
1: So and uh, yeah, enjoy your ride podcast.
2: right guys here we are Matthew Pryor writes in guys help me out what WTF is going on with the wanty kit this season that patch on the bicep is exactly the same color as the skin of the majority of the wind-burned pasty Belgians on the squad but even worse it's got the red road rash colored unreadable text in the center Every time I see one of them head on, I think they've crashed on both of their biceps. It's really distracting. Yours in horror, Irish Matt. <laughs> Minneapolis's favorite. This is actually I, a really I good point. If I didn't
0: going to do that. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Um
2: th- This is a good point. I noticed this the other day about how horrible it looks.
1: Yeah. Uh, why were you trolling around their website there, Tim? Were you trying to get to your Louis Minty's stats like
2: <laughs> yes, in order for the show I, I was. like okay it's because it's just I know, so bad
1: i know a little guy was over there checking in on Taco Vanderhorn or maybe Rain Taremey this team is stacked i,
0: I it's second tier stacked it's got Taco, all our favorites. taco's been in the breaks man taco's been putting in the work it's in the been putting in the work lately yeah for sure <laughs> i uh
1: i don't i don't love the arms of this kit, but the white the navy and the uh, the pop of fluoro, uh, it's not that bad, but it's not good, but it's not bad.
2: It's so euro. It's, it's, really euro. it's just really euro. Do we know what this torments? What is this torments sponsor? Like that's what I don't understand. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Oh, I don't, I don't know. The company the is torments.
1: Okay, I just. What? I feel what like is this is exactly what a kit should look like for a team of their caliber. Like, they know they can't design a better <laughs> kit because that would be against the rules.
2: Well, I don't think the argument is that the kit's bad. It's just that the like the, the bicep looks horrible. Yeah. And, and just note to self, to any cycling company, any cycling team— can we get out of like the solid band that's on the bicep that's just on one arm? It it's just a little too too close to, you know, World War 2 history. I it it just bugs me a little bit like the whole like especially the colors that you know. Yeah. Is that for a reason they have it? I don't. It's the sponsor. I just don't like how it looks. I think that this totally takes away from the kit. I'm with you, Spencer. That this is the way this team's kit should look, except that one um, logo. It just, it just, it's a little too clip arty for me.
1: It's tough because you know you're 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 beholden to your sponsors, (laughs) um, you know. And if you promised them some real estate, and now you got to find it on your kit, you know what are you going to do? But much like um much like the BMC kits uh from a few years ago, back uh when they had the black and red kit and then they got whatever sponsor it was that they had to throw that big blue uh, Oh
2: the blue band. um
1: Yeah, it's just yeah. unfortunate sometimes that you're like, Well, they're gonna give us money, so I guess we gotta put this on our kit somewhere. Um yeah. hopefully that's all it is and nobody did that on purpose. Because yeah, yeah it's a little uh unfortunate.
2: Very solid shout. I forgot all about that, uh, that BMC kit with the blue.
1: Well, I can't blame you for repressing the memory.
2: Yeah. Similarities between a hockey and cycling legends? This email comes to us from James Eby in Arizona. Yeramir Yager and Alejandro Valverde, think of those two names. You think of two dudes who are still old, or who are old but still kicking. They should probably retire soon. Wonder if they found the fountain of youth, or they might be related somehow. That is all. I just wanted to share how similar these legends are. I hope you know who Yarimir Yager is, since you guys talk about hockey on occasion. If you don't, please disregard this email. Um, <laughs> Yaramir Yager? I mean, Tim,
1: do you want to do you want to start on on Yager and you just want to two three minutes? Do me and the little guy need to leave the room for a while and just. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't know who
1: yeah, they are. It's, so you it's guys. a little, it's a little, uh, you know, t- to think that we didn't
2: know who Yar Miliagros is. Oh, you mean the Pittsburgh Penguin, Washington Capital, New York Ranger, Philadelphia Flyer, Dallas Star, Boston Bruin, New Jersey Devil, Florida Panther, Calgary Flame legend?
1: <laughs>
2: That's the one. <laughs> From was he was drafted. Okay, he's one of my favorite all-time hockey players for a couple reasons. One, the hair. Everyone that uh-huh. talks about hockey hair knows about hockey, knows about mullets, knows about anything. Yarma Yarger did it before it was cool. And it's amazing. He also was the ultimate consummate teammate slash companion to Mario Lemieux um, and various other world-class superstars. And you know what? He was still slaying it. He could still be playing in the NHL if he was willing to take a rookie, like a minimum contract. Yeah. Or he can go play for the team that he owns in the Czech Republic and have a ton of fun still throwing him back. And I am checking now just for stat wise, but I'm pretty sure he's like number five all time on goals. Uh, Number three, three. Okay. Behind Ovechkin and how at this point,
1: Uh, I don't have that list in front of me, but
2: okay. Anyway, yes, we know who he is. And (laughs) for your comparison with uh, Alejandro Valverde, absolutely. Sounds good. Differences, obviously the hair and the fashion um I'll take, the hair, yeah. I'll take Yager. i'll take Jager any day of the week but it's uh it's pretty impressive
1: i think yeah i think there are similar uh career trajectories as well so there probably are a few other similarities there beneath the surface as well so
2: yeah another uh similarity so wayne gretzky is the all-time leading point scorer so that's a combination of goals and assists yarmir Yager is number two so you could say that uh you know Eddie Merckx is the greatest cyclist of all time and Alejandro Valverde is number two. Um, I, th- I don't think anybody that listens to this podcast would challenge that comparison. Probably not. <laughs> no. <laughs> all
1: right, little uh, Got you sl- back? The slow ride podcast at gmail.com is where you can send <laughs> your <laughs> commentary and critiques. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs>
2: uh, anyway, Here we are. So good. Um, Let's get uh, going into some more uh, emails. James, thank you for your email. Um, Frank Cundiff sent us over a great Klein Corner, but we did get an email from Tom Kokia. Wanted to see if you guys were planning on heading to Fayetteville for the U.S. Olympic qualifier. Coming up in April, I've heard a lot about the trail building in Arkansas, being the Mid Atlantic region, being from the Mid-Atlantic region. I haven't had a chance to see for myself. The Olympic qualifier was an excuse for me to get out there. Really enjoying the show. Sincerely, Tom. Um, I don't think any of us will be going out to the Olympic qualifier in April. I didn't know that there was an Olympic qualifier out there, to be <laughs> perfectly honest. Um, maybe I need to key up. I don't even know what's happening on the Olympic qualifying of mountain bike. Who's on the long team? How many spots we have? I'm assuming on the women's side we have the th- three spots because we have sure Kate Courtney and a couple of. I mean, I gotta I gotta dig into this, so I apologize, Tom. I don't even know um, how many people are going. No, um, oh, uh, unlike Tim, I, mean,
0: I totally knew, but I will refrain from yeah rubbing don't make his face by bad. talking about it or yeah. talking about any facts of it right now because I do know though.
1: Yeah. But no, I I mean, we've 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 heard nothing but good things about the trails out there and some folks that we know in the area who are fans of the pod. Um, You know, a lot of good stuff out there, but uh, a lot of rough stuff going on with Arkansas politics as well. It's probably going to keep me away from the state personally, but um, trails sound awesome. The
2: trails. I saw the video of the cyclocross world championship course. Looks pretty awesome with the bank turns. Little, uh, little, definitely a little cross Vegas vibes with some weird, like, (laughs) kind of purpose built features. Right, this thing called like, yeah, just kind of like, oh, Um, it looks pretty impressive Um, overall. The whole um, setup looks pretty, pretty impressive. Um, They've got, I guess, the U.S. Open Cup. They've got a world cup for cyclocross and the world championships, um, coming up throughout the year. Um, but yeah, so mountain biking, uh, still cool. Uh, I got, I got to dig into the cross country. What's going on? <laughs> By cool. the way, how's downhill, not in mountain bike, not in the Olympics. That's people want cyclocross in the Olympics. Let's be honest. Downhill would be way cooler in the Olympics and probably deserves to be in there before cyclocross
1: would agree with that yeah
0: unfortunately i would agree wait wait unfortunately i mean i don't really care about it but you know i think it would be more popular i like cyclocross more my personal opinion is cyclocross is cooler but if i'm being realistic it makes more sense to have downhill it'd get more people a lot more into downhill i guess sure people like people like going fast show them fast stuff
1: yep and the 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 scoring and the timing uh, plays itself well to TV ratings and everything. Yes, as well. so yeah.
0: it makes it makes much more sense yeah. than yeah. yeah. Uh, it's yeah. plus it's gotten having, a lot better.
1: Having been there at Mount Saint Anne, um, it's yeah. wild. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's completely insane. It looks insane on TV. It's ten times as insane as you think it is. Oh, I sure am hoping to awesome.
2: get to snowshoe this year. Um, For the World Cup in September, that's currently scheduled. Um, Obviously, if the world um, doesn't totally collapse um, and it continues to improve, um, as we hope happens, I I am planning to go to snowshoe to see both the cross country and the downhill racing. Now, this is the first year that Mount St. Anne is not on the World Cup calendar and they also don't have the world championship. Is that just due to COVID that Canada was just like absolutely nothing? I'm just curious because it's like the first time in 20 years that Mount St. Anne isn't happening. Um, it no seems idea. just a little weird. Um, but Let's assume. Anyway, uh, Leo hits us up, path or shoulder. Hey, guys. I thought you got a little in the weeds explaining whether to ride on the path or the road, especially in relation to River Road in Minneapolis. Certainly. Being a lower <laughs> – yeah, certainly did. <laughs>
0: I had to live through it, Leo. (laughs) Leo, you should like it. I mean, you live near there, man. Come on.
2: Being a lower traffic street with a semi-shared bike, walk, roller ski, dog walking, running path, the correct answer is very simple. It is decided and constantly recalculated based on the following congestion factors. Time of day, weekday or weekend, season, direction of travel, wind direction, East River Road versus West River Parkway, (laughs) between what cross streets, how fast you're going, temperature, precipitation visibility, snow, leaves, sand, what bike you're riding alone in a group, and how many are in a group. Whew. And that's just a partial list. I hope you clarify the correct answer to the simple road versus path choice. So I guess that we're all just going to start riding on the road um, that would answer all of these problems, the worst I, road in Minneapolis to ride.
0: I rode on the path on river on West River Road today. So there you oh. go. On the, on the, the, the cargo
2: bike. So. I know that we don't like to talk too much about our own bike rides on this show, but I did what yeah. used to be the fast guy ride in town today. And 10 people up, right? were on it. Um, right. I was there. Uh, I just want to, it, it used to be the fast guy ride because I actually stayed away today. Um, on the finishing like three mile section into the final sprint. Uh, a couple guys tried to go off the front. I brought them back and then I attacked them and, just like reliving my glory days, um uh-huh. it felt really good, but then I quickly realized that um yeah yeah it was it was not the a plus talent that it used to be um on the ride, so <laughs> i hey. you know
1: you realized uh, Travis McCabe was in uh Puerto Rico or whatever.
2: Yeah, Panama. Yeah. All the, yeah. <laughs> no one else was there and everyone's like, "Oh, okay." And I looked at my time and it wasn't even in like the top 15 on that segment over the years that I've done. Like <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, competition just wasn't like it used to be." This this one uh was uh came into us from a friend of the pod Bill Shiken. Huh, Dear slow ride friends, I think I missed the latest record so this may be a little dated but i wanted to loop back around to salary corner have you thought about the impact of personal sponsorship as a reason some salaries are low i'm pretty sure matthew Vanderpool has a nice deal with oakley and shimano not to mention zwift that probably gets him closer to the top of the overall list he also has his supplements company also every swiss rider on a mountain bike has corner card paying a chunk of their salary for that sweet (laughs) spot-up front-helmet real estate, meaning their team salary can be artificially low. On the other side, if you're starting a new team and want to sign a Chris Froome for press and he's taking 40% of your budget, don't you first sign Mark Cavendish since he will offset that salary by paying the team to race? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Finally, I want to apologize in advance to Rob Kelly referring to the Stillwater crit as the Stillwell crit during the last episode of Cycross Radio, but your listeners should check in out nonetheless, along with Criterion Nation. So, <laughs> Bill here, very honest. Who is the most valuable overall rider in professional cycling that is bringing in the most money because of personal sponsorships? Um, you would yeah. have to assume that Wout Van Aert's also up there because he does have the coveted Red Bull sponsorship. That's Ooh, yeah, uh, definitely bringing some coin uh, in whenever he can do a race that doesn't have to wear the jumbo helmet. So what do you guys think? Sagan, some stuff. You think that's specialized money? He's got like nice little kitty from specialized.
1: Yeah. The Bora yeah. money, the, the specialized money, all that stuff. Um, yeah, I think we looked at it strictly from a team budgeting standpoint, but yeah, uh, looking at their, at their side hustles, they're, 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 um, Advertising deals, you know. Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, think about uh, Pinos. He's he he runs the social media accounts for those goats. That's a little coin mm-hmm. on the side, right?
1: Goats are always popular on Instagram too.
0: Uh, I'm assuming that Bardet is sponsored by Skinny Levi jeans.
2: Oh,
1: certainly fancier than that. Much more French. Come on.
2: Well, you know, they love the American stuff. Is your beau dream? jeans?
1: So, he's, he's sponsored beau? by uh, a a small French uh maker somewhere off the Rue de Rivoli in 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 Paris, you know, just a a one-man shop, g- little old guy in the back just slaving away making jeans, the Let's tightest so. jeans all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: That'd be great. Hey, what size they are you? They retail
1: for 800 euros a piece. Speaking
2: of Eight hundred euros a piece. I have huh. something I, I've been meaning to talk to you guys a little bit about. Is that I got kind of on a um, a rabbit hole the other day okay. uh, with so you know how there's the new there's this new bike computer company um, like Hammerhead or whatever and then oh yeah and then w- who do they sponsor This is actually a pretty brilliant sponsorship. New company comes in, it mirrors like I guess your Android phones. Then and it like is pretty much you have just another. F- iphone on your uh on your uh, stem or whatever yep. they of course went out and got who would you get well you get the guy that looks at his stem the whole time chris Froome, to where to use your computer because you're going to get a lot of choice photographs as, yeah. as he's getting dropped off the back um really? so i w- i was kind of looking at that and i started getting into this like so in, i've talked about like i've had the brighton computer in the past and mm-hmm. it's a very hard market to get into because you've got garmin at the top yeah. and then you've yeah. got Wahoo, I think, Wahoo, yeah. as a solid two. It's a solid computer from uh, yep. most people I talk to. You. Um, and then now this Hammerhead, which I've heard some pretty good things about. Um, and then I got really deep on the rabbit hole with that um, the Omata computer, the like the analog interface. Yeah. Have you seen this? Uh, it's like a round. That, yeah,
0: I remember yes. when that was
2: popping around yeah. all the time. It was yep. like
1: a Kickstarter, huh? Yeah, yeah Kickstarter.
2: Was. Guess how much? For an analog dial that tells you speed, mileage, I think elevation, and then you can download later so you can see like the GPS where you went, but you visually can't see the GPS. Like, you know, one of the cool things with the Garmin or Oahu is that if you get a little lost, you can kind of like, you know, zoom out a little bit to be like, oh, this road connects there. Uh, This wouldn't. This just has a dial um, for you. Do you guys know how much this computer is?
0: No, I I actually. Don't know how much computers cost it's, it's the kind I have of no basis for this.
1: this is the kind of computer you would put on your um your high wheel bike your big front wheel uh old timey bike right
0: yeah, I mean I'm just gonna put my twenty year old cat eye on any if i anything but
2: well
1: we'll get to the cat eye in just
2: a second i i it's seven hundred dollars to start oh. and that's not even the like
1: oh.
2: Oh, I just it looks cool. It looks really cool, and of course, naturally, I'm like, "Oh, I wonder if I can get an EP on that, right?" And then I look to see like retail, and then I start doing the math, naturally. and I'm like, "I'm like, oh my god, like that's more power to you." I've seen people with them. I've seen them one in person, and then really? I've seen pictures of people I follow on Instagram that have them. <laughs> yeah, you that's know, mostly and, where they exist. More, I think more, in, yeah, more influ. It's impressive work. It's really cool looking. But I do wonder, like, you can't go take that to Unbound. You can't go take that to Almanzo. You can't go take that to even really Schwamigan because all you're getting is an analog dial. Um, cool, I guess, so, but 700 seems pretty steep. Is this but I understand kind of why that, they charge.
1: When it's attached to your bike, you know how a, a, a standard Garmin computer, you know, you you twist it. 90 degrees to the left or whatever, and it pops off and you can click it on different attachments or whatever. Does this have like a very nice, like exotic leather wristband that you can then <laughs> click this thing onto, like click it off your bike. When you get to your destination, click it on your wrist. So it's a nice um, Julian Alaphilippe ask wristwatch.
2: Oh, that's a good, that's a solid shout And the way that they do have an exploding diagram on their website of how, like how intricate this creation is
1: of how intricate um, a look when you hit the ground with it in a road. It just, race.
2: And it goes a thousand different pieces. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying nice to think. To I th- know. I, th- I mean, I think you, know know band- to pick up. you can
0: reference back to that. You can take your phone out of your pocket and reference back to that and make sure you got everything.
1: <laughs> hang on, I'm missing a spring.
2: <laughs> I'm missing a spring. Everybody. But, but you could rebuild it like a campy shifter. Um, it's uh-huh. impressive. Now, Spencer, that's a good point. I, at first, my my thought was going. Do you go the route of Flavor Flay, where you have the rope chain sure. with? Sure, the you
1: would. Sure, but
2: it's not that big. Like like you've got to put this on the wristband. I think it's an Philippe esque Richard Millet, yeah. uh melee or however you say it uh, wristwatch. That's a good point, little guy. You said that you had the cat eye or ca- um yeah the the cat eye uh, I have computer. An old cat
0: eye. Yeah, uh, I have two d- of d- them d- the in the basement. D- d- I haven't used them for d- years, but yes.
2: Do you still measure out the wheel to make sure that the and then you have to like enter the three digit code so that the it's uh, the computer's yeah, using you, the same
0: Yeah, you had to tell it what size wheel you had. Yeah. yeah. And like what size um, tire you're rolling, rolling and stuff.
2: Cat eye just came out just just so you know, little guy, and I maybe I'll buy you one. They came out with a new fifty dollar computer that basically is an old Cateye Eye computer, but it's like a quarter of the size, and you can put it out front. So it can be an out front computer um, yeah. with one of those quarter turn mounts and you don't need any wires because on your computers little guy does it have do you still run wires oh, oh yeah these wires. are old
0: i no i pulled <laughs> up their website i see i see they still have four wired computers that they make that's impressive they still I, do they're on the website yeah they got four of them and i think i have the velo 9 or something wow, equivalent to that yeah. it's on there um yeah i still I used have, to have a cat eye but they're, I used they're to have 20 they're almost twenty years old at this point. I was super excited we- when I got mine; it made me feel really pro, and I slapped that on my seven-speed Durace-equipped Concord ten years
2: ago. I used to have them. We used to sell a lot of them at Swift Cycle, like the the thirty-dollar eye computer. Someone wants a computer on their bike, on their hybrid or whatever. They're and selling. I remember the first one, maybe ten that I put on the bike. Oh man there was a lot of pressure to me to get that computer on because the person's waiting to walk that bike out the front door and you've already Mm -hmm. collected like the $700 in purchase right for the hybrid water bottle cage kickstand. They want the computer on there. Oh man. I was, I was just, you know, Butterfingers McGee over there, dropping the, the the zip ties to get the the magnet in the right spot. I was not, um, the swiftest uh, guy putting those together.
0: I would, I would pay good money for a video of that, of somebody saying, Hey, I got to go. I've got to go. I've got a dinner date in 10. Can you get a computer on there quick? Oh, sure. <laughs> sure thing. And you look over at the mechanic and he's like, I'm busy. And you're like, Oh no. Yeah. What do I so, do? Yeah. It's um,
1: more dramatic than uh 90 day fiance for sure. Definitely.
2: Definitely a good time. Um, it was, uh, it was fun. So look, okay, maybe, uh, maybe some listeners of slow ride podcast can, uh, come up with some good computer ideas for you. Um, that
0: I also get, have uh, a Avocet, an old Avocet hanging around, but I don't actually have the wiring for it. I just have the computer.
1: I feel yeah. like they've been out of business for 30 years.
0: Yeah, but I've been on eBay. I could get the... I mean, I don't actually
2: care to have a computer on my bike. But. You don't say. So, little guy, just for <laughs> reference for you, the Garmin 830, which seems to be kind of the industry standard is a touchscreen... GPS computer with like a the four inch display um, yeah. they retail around I want to say 500 bucks that's a lot Somewhere of money around there 550 kind of yeah 450 500 depends on um, you know some storage and, and various uh, I I enjoy it I've had both wahoo garmin they all kind of equal out but the um, having GPS and being able to download tracks is pretty cool especially when you're riding in a spot that you don't know so you can follow a route or something. It's, it's definitely worth it. You probably can't do that on your uh, cat, cat eye. Uh, you're going to need to I download can't. some, uh, uh, bring some cue it, sheets, get a cue it's sheet a little,
0: Yeah, it's a little before that. It, it is cue sheet holder time for me, but that's okay. I look at a map before I go. But.
2: <laughs> well, right on. Well, with that, I think it's time to wrap up the show. We'd like to thank all of the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network including those that listen weekly to Criterium Nation over there on the podcast. Check it out. In this past week, Little Guy made his appearance. We'd also like to thank Buckler Skin Care for their continued support with Miracle Wap Shammy Cream, and our good friends at Grimper Brothers with their two exclusive blends, the Wide Angle Podium Network. Go to wideanglepodium.com coffee to find out more. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando.
0: This is Matt looking for a battery for his cat eye computer in Minneapolis.
1: And uh, it's been great to meet you both. I hope to hear back soon. This has been Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists. You'll see you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at Pod. Theslowridepod- your high wheel bike your big front wheel
0: that's a little coin mm-hmm. on the side
1: dear cycling friends